2020 is almost in the rearview mirror and we're not going to miss you. Now is the time to look forward to 2021, set those goals, achieve new things on the water, archive the places, the rivers, the adventures. Don't let another year pass without your whitewater journal. Fully redesigned and now available at hammerfactor.com. All right, let's get into part two of episode 78. Grace, Geltman, and Weld on the Hammer Factor. Take it away, boys. So how would I introduce you to any of our audience who doesn't know? Uh, Evan Garcia, professional kayaker, North American, Waka Kayaks distributor. What should I add to that? How the hell is it? brother. There's been stages, you know, like overall, it's just complete, like, whitewater nerd, you know? Like an encyclopedia of kind of semi-useless whitewater information it's just been stashed in this you created the term yeasted i think that's <laughs> a, that's a real feather in your cap <laughs> parts of many like i can like fad treats if i'm not mistaken that's you yeah, yeah. yeah I was big time with the damn shits for all those years and we were browning everything mm-hmm. you know doing our thing <clears throat> Well, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I'm 31 years old. I've been kayaking since I was a little kid. My family, my dad's a kayaker, and just, yeah, it took me a long time to fall in love with the sport because I was terrified of it, but um, just been a kayaking nerd ever since. How old were you when that, when that switch flipped from being scared to being yeah. stoked? I think I was 13. Oh. I was did you go to roll class? Yeah. You did. So my kids are roll class. Yeah, yeah. How does he and, like it? Well, it's good, but I don't really talk. I mean, he talks to me like once every six weeks now. He sends me a text like, that's, I broke my that's paddle. That's all I hear. Yeah, he's like, dude, I need a new paddle. Yeah. I mean, so what's, was... gonna, what's he going to be like outside? Like, is he going to re- be able to reintroduce himself back into society? Or is this is he basically going to move in with you I after could. this? I could. You know? <laughs> but I wasn't a very productive member of like society before I went in. I was an awkward, weird young kid with like ADHD so world class helped me in yeah. that term kind of like I got to use my energy instead of just sitting in a class like fucking tweaking you know I <laughs> go kayaking, you know and they held they held my uh, kayaking above me like I had to do my schoolwork when I went to public school I cheated the whole time I never did anything I never read anything I never nothing and when I went to world class Oh, my teachers aren't dumb. Like they know who you know. They're like because there's four of you, by the way. Look, what is this factory about Evan? I was like, like math and stuff, you know. And they okay, you're not kayaking today. So for me, it was for me, it was good, you know. And but yeah, the the thought of college or any other like higher education is just poof. Did you? How many years did you go? I went two years. What years? Like junior, junior senior. senior. Yeah, because he's a sophomore, and I, I mean, I, you know, kayaking gear has made us wealthy, but not that wealthy. <laughs> and it hasn't made us wealthy either. That's a joke. Yeah. No, I mean, so my he's parents. Going back to school next year. Yeah, unless, he's going back unless we win the lottery. I mean, for some kids, you know, like I met so many 
part of the coolest thing on the East Coast for me was to like see a lot of young kids who were just like super talented that I'd never heard of. You know, I savage group of kids out here right now. I never heard any of those kids, and I'm like kind of in this fucking Instagram scene or whatever. And I like got out there, and there's like 14 year old kid running gorilla at 200, percent and I was like, God damn, that is, (laughs) you know. Um, and there's just a lot of young kids who just, they had the fire and I don't think many of them were going to world-class or had been. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a prerequisite to being, you know, a professional level kayaker, especially living in some place like the Southeast or white salmon. You just have mm-hmm. to have supportive parents, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> we'll but see. You just need a river yeah. that runs all the time. Yeah, exactly. As long man. as you can get your hours in, it doesn't really yeah. matter. And that was the problem with me. It's like I just living in the Rockies, like every season. I mean, as a young kid, I was progressing, but I feel like for older paddlers, they just like they get to the certain point where they're solid and then the fucking fall hits and then they start the next spring and they're like full beat mode again. And then they get to the point where they're solid, you know, and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. You got to you got to be someplace where you can paddle. Well, thanks for coming on, Evan. This is our 2021 prediction show. Yeah. So we got some things to talk about there. Uh, anything else you want to add about it? How'd your race go? Wrap up your Dude. trip? Yeah, I mean, man, it was such a great trip. Like, yeah. I just felt like I got so lucky out there. The race was awesome. I, like, freaking had such a good time training for it and doing it. I just think that's, like, the purest type of, of race. It's like, time trial, you in a kayak you don't really know down like some early scary slots you know i was like the green for me i was just like everything was just like burly slot rapids i was like all right this is like my least favorite style of kayaking but that's what made it fun it's like i just had so much like room for improvement every lap i was like oh dude i'm like way better than the last lap and that made it fun and like that for me now that's like what gets the fire burning you know like keeps me stoked and green race was like it just like made the fall for me you know like i got to train a little bit before i left and i mean when it's usually low i don't paddle here you know i'm not like i i just can't fucking motivate to go out on like cold low water laps here like i don't know i guess i don't love kayaking that much you know (laughs) but the green race let me do it it let me go out there and like have some goal so i like thanks for running the race dude it was like made it made my fall for sure yeah man i was saying it made I my earlier, you man, came. I had to drive out east a couple of weeks, like a couple months or so ago. And I haven't paddled all summer, but I got out there. The minute I got out east, I started paddling every single day. Just because there's, there's a ton of water and a ton of stuff to do. You know? Like when I gotta Aiden do, and I were I on do, Great Falls like I that afternoon. I got Friendsville stuff too. And the Friendsville stuff was sweet. I got so lucky again. I was like sitting in D.C., pounding rain. And like the black water is like spiking to 1,000 CFS. And I'm like, yeah. oh boy, let's go to the mountains and fucking get scared you know yeah how high do you get, we'll, the get ours, we'll get ours the white salmons we're just waiting you know we're just waiting it's gonna, gonna come back you see that plant back there check out that plant <laughs> <laughs> i know, I know. <laughs> did you run the black water while you were out there yeah twice what was the level uh first time was the evening like 650 and then the next morning was like 290 or something 650 is the perfect level it was so sick. And I didn't know anything. I went with Matt Fithian, who's like a real old buddy of mine. Uh, 
we used to like compete and freestyle together back when he was it, the other like the other kayaking high school when it was two mm-hmm. we had that little rivalry and right. uh it's good dude it's just fun to get on that kind of quality of a river with a local and just like follow and it was right. fucking awesome man. like if that river ran with the consistency like of um you know of the green or something imagine like fuck i'd, I'd be there for sure it runs an awful lot nowadays yeah i know well fuck, we ran, i ran that river a hundred i ran that river a hundred days one year uh, but that was that was multiple laps in a day but i got a uh, hundred laps in that river one year yeah. and so, now everybody's doing the lower and it's sweet man like that lower part's awesome too yeah it's a longer day for sure but yeah anyway Lucky. lucky out there but it got me ready for the winter i'm i'm free i'm feeling good white salmon's coming baby we're coming and when it comes it's gonna be good <laughs> uh, that's what i needed man uh, la nina is gonna deliver for us sooner or yeah. later i mean my best week of kayaking of 2020 for sure we were calling the cocaine storm <laughs> because we lost all of our snowpack to this like late january like fucking pineapple express storm just hit us and we had like this great snowpack and it just blew all out the little white was like five feet for 10 days straight um i mean dude it doesn't get better than that for me it doesn't get better than that like it's so fast and scary and big and but somehow good that's for me it's the best river in the world like so it, i just wait for that that was this year that was way that was back this year yeah, 2020. Yep, I know it feels like a decade ago, but you know, pre-corona. Well, I, Lewis was already—he was already forecasting coronavirus when that was going on. That was, that was entirely Billy Hearn. He yeah, called me and got me whipped up into a terror yeah. about it. Because Galen came back from Vietnam. Galen was like patient zero. <laughs> I like did a lap with him. He was like hacking up a lung, and I was like, "Oh God!" And then I told Lewis about it, and he was like, "Are you serious, dude?" <laughs> and then my brain started going, "Oh man!" Luckily, uh, that. all right. How do we want to do this, guys? Do we want to do some listener mail here with with Evan? You got some time, Evan? How, how's your schedule? Any questions, questions? Okay. Let's do it. You guys good with that? Yeah, what is? Um, Gabriel Gunning. Now, do you know Gabriel Gunning, Lewis? He says, uh, "Long-time listener, first-time commentator." Blah 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 blah. First thing, like, yeah. He he says Lewis remembers me from his law school days in Oregon. We never paddled together. Oh, I think he was friends with friends with Sammy. Yeah, with Drevo. Um. Anyway, uh, he talks about um, sex, uh, successful saves built on the back of so, so many, one of whom was Dennis Kerrigan. And I guess he's referencing the show with the Kanawha Falls rescue. Um, and I don't know, if, I can't really figure out if Dennis Kerrigan is still alive or he's not alive anymore. Um, but he talks about his career working with the NOC and several different things and his advocacy within the rescue community in general and the whitewater rescue folks specifically set the foundation for this amazing and successful rescue. DK was quintessential rescue paramedic, not a paragod, but a healer and a humble person with integrity, unique, relevant skill set. 
Um, he was competent, compassionate, and caring, and taught his students to be the same. I could go on and on and on for days, but I'll keep it short. Um, bottom line, fellas, you're killing it, and I suspect finding your stride a bit. The advocacy efforts of Lewis, branding expertise of grace, and business acumen of Weld, combined with the healthy skepticism, humor, and excellence within the paddling industry is just an excellent combo and have a lot of journalism, such as episode 77. Frankly, it's just awesome. Thanks. So see well that? That, well made, comment. that made up for the the hate mail, Lewis. You know, that was. Yeah. So what do you guys? You guys get hate mail? Ah, oh, dude, we just went through it. Lewis gets them a lot, man. I'm gonna have to create a whole. <laughs> He's kind of a lightning rod. Yeah, I'm gonna have to create a whole account, you know, to separate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if we we need to have some kind of chime every time Lewis gets called an elitist class five snob. <laughs> I like the hate mail more than I like the comments because it's just fucking it just entertains me, you know. Yeah, don't well don't sell yourself short on the on the hate mail either there, bud. <laughs> you know, I listened to a few episodes on the on the drive out. I was in like Kansas City late night, and I was just like, "All right, it's time." <laughs> uh, I was I was laughing quite a bit, man. It was funny. There was definitely some moments I had to be like, "All right, thirty second, thirty second. I had to skip, you know, a little bit, <laughs> you know. But I, I dig it. I dig it, and I like the I like the style for sure. You guys have a have a little you know, three wise men. Okay. The thing you have to know every time you get offended by Weld is that Weld has listened to every episode of Howard Stern since like 1984. And that's yeah. that's that's where his it's the birth of his style. That's not quite fair. I I like to say things that will get people to write something that will refute me, or you know prove that I'm wrong. I feel like that that's good content. It is. It is. And I don't mind going out on a limb and saying ridiculous things every once in a while yeah. to get. So what are, what are your well what are your uh, predictions for 2021, man? Hang on, we got some more emails here. We got okay, we got okay, sorry. Right yeah. Jesus, look at you. We we, we need Relax a th- there. we need a three wise men T-shirt. Yeah, actually, there you go. The wise men, bolt of lightning. All right, this comes at us from Max Hammond. He says, "What would your reaction be if a fellow guide paddler came to you as you were putting on the river and told you?" that the first boat to pass a certain spot on the river had to ram a tree branch stump out of the way, all the time knowing that you knew the other paddler was on the river the night before cleaning up trees so that the river could be safer to navigate? Question mark. The spot in question been free of rapids, but having a strong current and water levels being around waist deep on an average sized person. This happened to me this summer as the raft company I worked for was loading boats for our morning run. Also, I'm a rather tall person. I feel like we should be playing like the Twilight Zone music while you're reading this email. Is he saying that, that somebody went in and did like a incomplete job of clearing wood and like moved a bad log into a different place or something like that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that went let's, right over my head. Let's skip the rest of these and just go to the predictions. Hang on, there may be one or two in here. <laughs> the important questions for anonymous there, is good. There was a good one about pooping on here, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, the poop and the... Yeah, do anonymous the important questions and and poop jar. Okay, All right, let's do poop jar. Here we go. Just listen to and even re- John John Sue had a good one also. Just listen to your responsible pooping bit. Ammo can groovers are too heavy to carry. And okay, uh, Evan, if you didn't hear this, um, we got an email from Ben Blake talking about basically there's piles of human poop all over at yeah. Flintstone Camp on Upper Cherry and basically yeah. all the High Sierra overnighters. 
Yeah. That's yeah. not just high Sierra Runners. That's like any um, BLM camps in Oregon, Washington. It was just like, it was a shit storm this year, man. People were just shitting everywhere. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Right. Well, well, Mike gives us a solution. He says, reuse your empty peanut butter jars. They weigh next to nothing, are good for about two servings, unless you're a super pooper, and do a decent job at holding in the smell. Plus, you already own them if you eat any bit of peanut butter. Yeah, but then what do you do with the shit? You keep it like I do. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see? It's right here. I got a whole cabinet full of, of poop. <laughs> like, the magic with the Groover is that there's an actual way to, like, properly dispose of, like, what? I think you poop in a bag, then you ram it in the peanut butter jar. Is that right? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm picturing. You just like pick it up, dog poop style. Yeah. But here's, I guess, here's the real thing. It'd be good to get Evan's take on this. Is like, it sort of feels like, sadly, it might be getting to be time that you know kayakers have to start carrying out their own poop on these runs too. You know, like, yeah. you know, like on the ones where everybody camps at the exact same place. You know, it's like you turn yeah. over like. Every rock at Site Z, like every rock at Flintstone Camp. It's like, yeah. It's kinda... or, I remember them doing this um, on the Yangtze. I did a raft trip in China and they would like dig a pit, like a pretty fucking big pit. And like everybody would shit in the pit, you know, and then cover it. And then at some point you just bury it substantially, you know. I could but see that too. For I sure. mean, it's better than just like people pooping and covering it with a rock you know and it's gross like i remember one year somebody it was like a big deal i think you were there lewis uh somebody had shit like on the portage of site z and it was like there was one move where you had to like use this rock and there was just like human shit on <laughs> so bad like, man what were you thinking like why would you ever drop trow here of all places and it was like a big deal because it was one of those years where the scene was popular and, you know, people got out and they were just immediately hit Facebook. Fuck, thank God for Facebook. Jesus Christ. <laughs> without it. And they were just like, you know, playing the blame game and everybody was, you know. Oh, I miss that Facebook drama. That's some good one. Yeah, dude, there's so much. I mean, you, you were the you saw this Springs drama when the all the young kids were out in Cali. Oh yeah, dude, that came by like that came back to me like four times. Yeah, I know. But I think the point is 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 like I just anecdotally and business wise, there's more class four and five boaters than we've ever had, yeah. right? Like we're just no longer that sport where these hard rivers get run once or twice a year. They're going to get it run by dozens, if not hundreds of people, you know, as soon as the kids get their driver's license, they're there. That's just the sport we live in now, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that. Peanut peanut butter jar and some baggies seems like a good solution. I think it's good, man. I feel like it's kind of good to be time. Totally. Especially. Yeah. I mean, pick the rivers and like, I don't know who's going to enforce that. And like, God, I mean, hopefully just people learn to go like do a walk go distance and bury it properly you know that seems uh, like that's that's just always been my style like i don't want to take a shit near a bunch of other people you know i need my like 10 minutes off up on the hillside kind of thing i know like on rattlesnake whenever i'm camping at rattlesnake i go like fucking up there you know and i like kind of explore and find myself a nice little (laughs) spot you know (laughs) when nature calls 
Um, this is from Anonymous. He says, subject, listener mail, Hammer Factor, the only lucrative whitewater business. He says, two points, Hammer Factor crew. What's the purpose of the podcast? Create some drama, play with audio gear, rake millions. Seriously, are you in it for the bankrolling profit, Lewis's conservation mm-hmm. work, IR propaganda? Mm-hmm. Paddlers deserve to know. <laughs> How about bringing back some discipline and revisiting the quick answer segment? To get you started, here are some questions. I'm sure this will lead to some more App Store ratings uh, to further your right. potential nefarious motives. So this person right. thinks we're in, in it for nefarious reasons. And we're going to throw these to uh, Evan. All right, Evan, you got 30 seconds to answer right, these. 30. You ready? Yeah, here we go. Hang on, I got one, two, three, four, five questions. Let me get my timer going. Let me have a drink of water before this. Yeah, get ready. And go. Spray skirt, dry top. What's the trick to the perfect seal? Oh, you have to, I mean, double tunnel. There's never going to be a perfect one, but double tunnel, obviously. Plastic boat shavings in the river rocks. Appropriate level of guilt and remedy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's not get caught up in it, you know. Earplugs. Every day, cold days, warm days? Every day. Every day. Take it from somebody who is paying the price. Old bolts versus new style points or thick headed to be in an RPM era design. Oh man. Just get out on the river. Don't stress. It's not the Indian. It's the air. Wait, it's not the air. It's the Indian. <laughs> Sorry. That might not even be 2020 appropriate. Let's say it's not the ship. It's the captain. Breakdown <laughs> paddle and full med kit for four five roadside optional for your crews or not. Mm, I don't think breakdown is necessary for roadside um med kit is roadside keeping the car i don't think you need that anytime wilderness yeah bring them both for sure one minute five seconds not bad dude you're right about the double tunnel skirt it'll yeah. never work it's you never dry what's that dry deck it's never dry well, yeah no one wants to i understand why people don't want to dry deck though because it's a huge investment for something that only works in one season on one boat that you have you like can use the double good. tunnel with a dry suit as well. Double tunnel with a dry, even a dry top. You take the inner tunnel off a dry top completely, just remove it and get a double tunnel skirt. Doesn't that seem like so much on your waist though? Well, you get rid of the inner tunnel. Because right now, a picture of this, right? Water, the figure we have right now with a, with a double tunnel jacket is that water rushes up the outer tunnel of your, of your jacket and, then and down the little channels of, of fabric made by your inner tunnel down into your boat, right? Yeah. But with a double tunnel skirt, you tear out the inner tunnel and stick the jacket between two layers of neoprene. Yeah, that's a good down, up, down. And so the water goes in down to the down the top of the jacket into the tunnel, and you have little drain holes on the outer tunnel of the spray skirt, and it drains out against the deck of the boat. Dude, that's the next thing, man. Let's make it, it happen. We've, we've made those on and off for years for people, and yeah. it's the best way to do it because you have the it's basically dry deck dry with a two-piece garment, and you get rid of the inner tunnel out of your dry top. Damn. And you could almost do like a thinner layer on the inside and a burlier layer on the outside. Like There's many different ways to skin that cat, right? But you can picture it, you know, and then all the yeah. blowout where your jacket's up around your armpits when you're playboating, mm-hmm. that's all removed with double tunneled skirt because yeah. the water goes right up and then goes down the tunnel of your skirt and then out against the deck of your boat. Yeah. Nice, man. You're so smart. It's the future. Yep. P.S. Props for the shows uh, reach across the community. Whether it counts as cultural improvement or degradation, it brings people together from coast to coast. So see, Lewis, there's positive stuff there. And are we going to do Noah? 
or John Sue? We'll do one more. John Sue's good, and then we need to dispatch the Werner conspiracy. I feel like rectific- we have to comment on that okay. briefly. Okay. okay. I have my own conspiracy theories, but I haven't read anything or talked to anybody about it. Oh, we're going to get into that. Don't you worry. Okay. okay. That's gold. I'm Are ready. you kidding? <laughs> this comes from John Sue. He says, it's a white sport. Hi, I'd like to address the issue of inclusion of people of color in Whitewater. The topic was brought up on episode 77, part two. I've been paddling whitewater for almost 25 years, and yes, it is a white sport. I can go in links as to why this is so and how to make the sport more inclusive, but the bottom line is getting to and from remote areas to kayak is the most dangerous part of the sport. Imagine Sam Davis was paddling with a black kayaker and there's no cell service, and the black kayaker frantically drives to some random house banging on the door asking for help. What are some realistic outcomes? Granted, I being the model minority, uh, sarcasm, if you know what that term refers to, I'm assuming that John is Asian here. My outcome would be different, but the past four years, I've half seriously considered keeping empty Chinese takeout containers in a bag as my excuse note when traveling in areas not so accepting Chinese food delivery. I think he meant that funny. My experience as an Asian paddler ranges from being mistaken for Nori to being threatened, most recently in August, at Sheets in Cumberland by a large white man riding a Harley with his biker Betty. Although most paddlers are accepting of people who may be different, look different, it's the societal glass boundaries that limit access to certain groups of people, um, Americans, which is much more difficult to change. Um... I think he, I mean, in my opinion, he hits the nail on the head in the sense that if you want a real example of the problem, it's, I mean, if you're a black paddler trying to paddle in West Virginia, it'd be fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the dudes you're on the river with. It's the dudes around the river. I mean, that's, I mean, there's more aspects to this, obviously, but that's a good one. Thanks for that note, John. Last note here before we get into our 2020 predictions. And, of course, everybody, I'm sure, has got a rant and rave ready to close us down. Um, okay, this comes from the chief himself. Should have sent this before. Um, so to, to, to set this up, we've talked about Werner having all sorts of production disruptions for the past year, right? And we try to get Werner to come on and, and you know, for whatever reason, they haven't had, had a chance to do so to spell this, but you know, you, it's been very difficult to get a Warner paddle, yeah, right? Like impossible, huh? Like impossible, which yep. obviously we, you know, us being us, we start assuming that Warner's going out of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and so we speculate on this, but of course, this guy decides just to write uh, uh, Bruce himself at Warner. So Jason says, uh, He writes to uh, Bruce, owner at Werner Paddles. Um, Awesome dude. He gave me some great business advice early on about getting a line of credit every year. Anyway, he says, Morning, Jason. Love the Middle King shots and also found more on the web of you and others enjoying the river. Stoked you are a Werner Paddles fan. Thanks. Rumors are usually just that, in this case, probably far off base. Werner Paddles is alive and kicking. While we were shut down due to the virus and unsure of what business would be like after reopening, today we are manufacturing as fast as possible. In fact, we're hiring for our 
production team. Please spread that non-rumor. I'm approaching 60, so I've probably talked to some friends about what retirement might mean for me in the future. But as of today, business as usual, except COVID. Thanks for your concern about the future of our paddle company. Happy paddling, Bruce. So, Evan, do you use a uh, Werner paddle? Oh, uh, I have. Sport? I have all. I have Galasport, Letman, Werner, HE. What's your What's your favorite paddle? Oh man, probably of all time, it's probably the one. Straight shaft Shogun. Um, like if I'm going to the Sakine or the Indus or like anywhere that I just feel like, all right, I need this paddle to fucking be there. Probably straight shaft Shogun. It's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. it just has great feel. I trust it. Um, yeah, powerful. Like when Plan B, I always like have like a paddle like. Man, if I'm getting my ass kicked, that paddle is like an amazing plan B paddle. You know, like I love the Gal Sport. The best feeling paddle is the Gal Sport for sure. I get that thing and it's like a weapon. But then every once in a while, if I'm like offline or I'm going for some funky brace or like offside kind of roll thing, I don't have it. Like the paddle does something different. It doesn't have those big like flat power faces that you can just roll off of like nothing. So, yeah. Warner Shogun, it's not my favorite feeling paddle. I'm not going to like want to race with it or anything, but um, it's a paddle, man. You know, every paddle's a good one. You know, as long as you're out on the river and it's not breaking. I've used some pretty lousy paddles. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys with your like 60 degree offsets, man. Yeah, that's lousy right there. Dude. What's, your, what's your length and offset, Evan? I'm 230, 45 as well is fine. I was in D.C. just recently, and Aaron, man, let me use um, the crankshaft Letman paddle, and it was 65 or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just, like, the most awkward thing ever. And I can see, like, you have to twist so much that you actually engage your core a little bit more than you do on, like, a – like a, you know, 30 degree, I can feel like you kind of just like paddle an open face. With that 60, you're like cranking so much, you're like engaging the core. I can see there's some power there, but it just fucking seems old school. I don't know. It seems like <laughs> why, why have to like, why do that, you know? It's just, yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, but I know that you guys are offset, offset, you know, what do you paddle, Lewis? 55. 65. 65, yeah. I mean. Yeah. The DC boys, they like that. The rivers, I guess, just too accessible and easy to get to, so they make something like. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm with you. I'm 30 degree, 20230. Yeah, it's like God, if you're out there just trundling through the the shit, you know, just want to sit there and paddle like this. Give me that 30 degree. Go <laughs> down. Um... <laughs> Shauna Shade, she says, just making sure you will have 2021 Journal. I've been enjoying them for the past two years. Thanks, Shauna. Shauna, that is in the works. Stay tuned. Lewis, how many days do you get this year? Uh, I'm in the, like, 170s. Damn, dude. I don't even want to tell you. It's a weak year for me. I'm a, I am don't even want to talk about it. How many days do you paddle this year, Evan? 136, 7. Which is a weak, weak year for me. That's real bad. When I like, I have the Benny Marr calendar, and I was like, do, 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 do. It's like good, looking good, you know? And then, like, 
July, August, September roll around, and it's like five, five days that month. I was like, ooh, that's not yeah. I mean, I've gone from like six or seven days a week when the little white's in to like one or two days a week now. Yeah, yeah. In January, I had like twenty six days. You know, which that I mean, that the whole thing is like for me when the little white's in, I'm gonna paddle like every day. But if it's not in, it's like uh, trust if it's good and high. You know, it's hard to stay stoked on the truss every day. No, it's not the same. It's definitely yeah. Not the same. yeah. I can I can go like every other day max on the truss. Max maximum. The little white is just like so fucking good, man. Yeah, you can always have fun there every day. You can always. Yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> you know doing the green at like twenty inches and stuff. You get that feel for it, but the the shuttle and the paddle out and all that stuff takes the takes the energy of that of the green down a, a notch like the little white is so fast like door to door two hours or less no shit there's no fucking around you're just like in out of the car in the car boom 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 home you know but like this fucking drought man <laughs> <laughs> check out that plant dude you see that plant i know <laughs> damn it just keeps reminding plants dead dude if i get new i should get a new plant dude. Oh, move to canada i think might get be the answer burn in that spot man <laughs> or go to move to west virginia like elkins something like that okay canaan valley is if i ever found myself living in dc again it's the, new, it's the new white sand. Like the top thing to do, for sure. The, 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 literally, the, the year I moved from is, West Virginia to here, West Virginia becomes the new gorge. Is is yeah. real estate in Canaan Valley like going through the roof yet? Like Davis Thomas? No. no. <laughs> it is. I, it had been twelve years or eleven years since I'd been to those towns, Davis and shit, at the top mm-hmm. of the North Fork. They were like popping, man. There was like cool art stores and coffee shops. Like I remember being there. And it was like those come a, and go. Ghost town. Last time yeah. I was there, it was like a mining town. Yeah, and there's then, like multiple breweries and a burrito place there now. Yeah, yeah it's pretty happy. It, it was definitely it's it's on the up and up for sure. But Todd Baker in Friendsville, he told me he bought his house. I don't even want to say it. Like, dude, you can't buy you can't even buy a goddamn diesel truck in White Salmon for how much he bought that house. For. <laughs> yeah, like, in that area, you can buy you can buy like a three bedroom, two bath house for eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah. It's just it's unbelievable. I was like trying to, I'm trying to like buy this piece of land, land 160, you know? And I'm like, ah, I went out east and I like talked to some people and now I'm like, I'm just discouraged from doing that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just wait till it gets more expensive. How much land does 160 grand get you? Mm, 20 like, by 20. <laughs> it's two acres. It depends on where you are. Like, that's quite a ways out of town. That's two acres. Right. Jesus Christ. No, it's, yeah. It's scary. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the future of the sport. All right. Mm. Our Get special section of the show here. Let's see. Including everything from the last show and this show, it took us two hours and 20 minutes to get to our. 2020 predictions. So Holy geez. hell. I got to get back to work. Let's get through this. <laughs> ah, nothing that important. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right to the top. Let's get straight to the top. And okay. Th- th- this is great. I'm going to throw this one to you, Evan. What will be the next trend in boat design? And I just got to back up because three or four years ago when we started this podcast and the brat came out, we said that is going to be the savior of whitewater. That design is going to be the savior 
all the other manufacturers, this is going to be a new category, and it happened. Definitely happened. Oh, yeah. So now, here we are, escaping COVID 2021. What's the next trend of boat design, Evan? I mean, take it a step further, man. Like, find a boat that does everything. Like, the Brap and, you know, the Ripper and all those boats, they, they do some things better than Creek Boats, but... um like, why not make a seven-foot kayak that can do everything, you know? Figure that out. Like, figure out freaking a playboat that's a little longer, like, I don't know, Piranha in a zone or something. But figure out, like, the volume distribution to make it able to to perform in real whitewater and surf. And, like, imagine go to Chile and you just have one boat and it does everything great. Like, you go to the Fuda, you surf big waves, you have fun doing big water, and you run waterfalls and steep creeks. I don't know if it's possible. We, I mean, isn't that like there? the Steez? I know I mean, this is long. Steez is long. It's nine feet. You think that's too long, though? I think nine feet's too long. Well, I mean, oh. the Steez is awesome. I love that kayak, but for everything, I think I want a, a little bit of a shorter boat. And, like, Dane's almost doing it with that new Antics, but... I've talked to other people about that boat, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just not Dane Jackson. I can't fucking do everything, you know, that Dane, that obvious. You see a video of Dane in a kayak, you're like, oh, yeah, the best kayak ever made. Literally, <laughs> I, wonder, no. I wonder if we're going back to that era. Like, have you ever watched that movie? I'm, I'm sure Evan's watched this, uh, Whitewater Gods, with, like, Damon and Russell and, like, maybe Matt Wilson's in it running, like, the Moran in uh, yeah. Peru paddling, like, dagger GTs and, like, I think one of them's in, like, an Ultrafuge or something. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, is it going to is... be, like, a stubby? Are we going back to, like, a tweaked stubby kind of style? No, or? because it has to be – it has to perform, man. It has to have, like, the pop and it has to have, like, a super planning hole to be maneuverable and surf and loose. But, like, man, I think that – like a, a hybrid version of the new kayak is going to, it's going to be it, you know, because you want a boat that like, dude, creaking is in like class five river running is it now. Like when I was growing up, it was surfing big waves, play boating. And now it's like, fuck, it's like, it's, it's come like it's class five, you know, and now high water pushing that and speed and multiple laps. And, but then, you know, you have Dane and a lot of the younger guys, like there were kids in D. EC doing stuff on Great Falls that was so impressive. Little boats, back freewheels into big burly fucking holes and stuff. And I was like, this that's the future because that's what these kids are seeing and that's what they're going to do, you know? And the air of the GoPro, it's just going further and further and further and, like, everything seems accessible, you know? The only thing that's not accessible is experience, man. It's like you just have to go out there and grind it on the river for years to be a fucking master, you know? Anybody else? So, All right, so Evans is I think, the one-trick one, one pony. Does that? Not the one-trick pony, the does-everything pony. Yeah, I think it's like a high... It's like a, it's like a shorter version of, of what's being made that, that's going to be able to connect the dots. Like something between like the Steez and the Antics. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I think what we're gonna see, I never thought this is a little bit different way to tackle this question, but if you asked me this if I would say this like a year ago, I would have laughed. But I'm I think we're gonna see this is the, the era of the small boat the small whitewater focused boat builders. You know, where ten years ago, you know, it was dagger and and uh 
you know, WaveSport and whoever were driving the ship in terms of boat design. Um, but I think companies like Waka, uh, you know, the Josh from Veris was in our shop the other day talking about how well his business is doing. Yeah. If you look at like the Chili, that boat from Zet, Spade yeah. Kayak, all these guys, totally. smaller whitewater focused brands. Yeah. I think these guys have a shot like they've never had before. You know, 10 years ago, they, the economics of sport were so bad that they didn't have a prayer. But something happened this year with COVID and everything else that that all these guys just have a shot at making it. And you especially look at like Waka, they're driving the design. I mean, right now, if you basically you're if you're another company right now, especially if you're Dagger or something, you're like, just make a Waka. Just do what Waka did. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not just sure. like a Waka boat, it's yeah. going to fall short, you know? Yeah. Um, and so my question is like, where does Piranha fit into that? Right? Are they gonna Are they going to behave like a big boat company and take the most conservative route for the widest market, or are they gonna try and push it? Like obviously, I think Waka has and take a few risks, like with the Steez, which I thought was a ridiculous idea, you know, when they first announced it. But fucking yeah. great boat, everybody's yeah. measure. Totally. You know. So where's like Piranha gonna fall into that? Um, but I think small I think small companies are gonna be driving boat design and you're going to see a lot of crazy ideas come out of that and you're going to see some real yeah. hits you know some I real think the important changes. part of that is just like they have a like a small overhead you know like i know the operation they're just more that... in touch they're just more in touch with what's going on yeah, right like dave selly may give advice to piranha right and piranha is a big company they may or may not and they have a lot of a lot of people to you know a lot of decisions they have to a lot of customers they have to take into account you know in yeah. a lot of tooling and other expenses they may or may not listen to what Dave has to say you know totally. I think Piranha's issue that's is happening. they have too many kayaks they have too many molds man they have too many molds they're all great they have too many molds though they need to like sort through the weeds sizes they just have like a lot going on fix those goddamn thigh hooks and um, they have great boats though <laughs> and why can't you carry a Piranha boat like honestly there's nothing more painful <laughs> I mean, I how it's how has that never been? That's twenty five years I've been carrying piranha boats around, and there's nothing yeah. changed on the shoulder pain. I don't know. I, I well, like the skirt design. I mean, they need to do. I mean, yeah. they're very typically classically piranhas are the hardest boats to keep dry because of the rim design, right? And keep your spray skirt on them. And when keep you're your spray skirt waterfalls. And, yeah. And I've complained about this nonstop to Robert and anyone else who listen, you know, and they're doing what they can. But I think they have a lot of money wrapped up in tooling for a thigh brace and a seat and all that stuff. And they're reluctant to spend a bunch of money to change it. And so you get the same basic shape out of them year after year. That's my understanding of it and the way it's explained to me. You know, I'd love to have Robert come on and explain to me why I'm wrong or someone from Piranha, but. Um, yeah. I mean, every kayak has its, its like pros and cons, you know? It's just, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, they just need to simplify a little bit. You know, Jackson, like, they nailed that. They simplified the fucking screws. There's no screws on a Jackson boat. They were the first one to do that. Why, why had nobody done that before? You know, it's dry. And right. now other kayak companies are bringing that. You know, that was a that was a score. That was a win for them, and they changed how kayaks are made. You know, so I think you just need to figure out how to simplify the equation, and like you're gonna nail it. You know, want that shit as easy as possible. I think for me, as, you know, I think as far as boats, I like the idea of the one boat do everything. I really like the idea of the one boat do everything. I just. Man, it's just so hard to do. Yeah, for me it doesn't work, dude, because yeah. I, I am comfortable in what I know. 
like if it gets real and the shit I want to do, like I want to be in a OG, you know, I, I want to be in like eight and a half foot Creek boat with sufficient volume and rocker to like make me happy and feel safe <laughs> up there. Like Dane is so good. It doesn't freaking matter. And he's so that's strong so, and he's so good at getting beat down. That doesn't matter. But that's what kids are seeing. And they're like, that's it. That's the shit. And these kids are like, they're doing it, man. They're like figuring out what he's doing. And that's the idol. That's like, that's the gold standard in Whitewater right now is Dane, you know? So like for me, when I went out East, I was like, I saw so much influence. His, you know, his style influenced all those younger kids. And they were like, they were charging like Dane was. And I was like, well, there it is right there. It's freaking happening. Dude, there is a force of charging going on that. (laughs) Yeah. You feel it when you're on yeah, the river cool. around here. For sure. For sure. For sure. I think like the Steez is going to be the prototype of what's going to come in terms of creek boats. Just yeah. a sportier. Totally. A sportier creek boat. Yeah. It's so it's, and it's more fun because it's just more dynamic. It does yeah. things that the creek think, boat with the big stern, you're safer, you're floating higher, but you don't get that like dynamic, loady, kind of like jumpy thing that the Steez does. And that's what makes like everyday class five for me more fun now is it's just more dynamic, you know? I think you're going to see the Steez is a lot, going to be a lot like the Brap. It's going to be, it's going to start the wave. Yeah. Yeah. I think squirt boating is going to blow up. <laughs> telling you. It's good, man. I mean, some of the coolest dudes out there are doing it and uh it's just i don't know for me it's it feels like paragliding or something it's just like so niche you have to be like into that kind of area you know but i feel like if you are you know like will pruitt he's kind of my buddy out here who's squirting he just loves it it's his favorite thing in the world and his videos and photos and stories are awesome they're really cool and i think it's a really Unique I don't feel way. it's our. I don't feel it's like our sport. It's, it's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. Yeah. It involves a kayak and a paddle, but that's almost incidental. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think it's gonna blend the. I think Evan's right that, you know, the, the running the class like the burly fours and running the class five is it. That's gonna be, you know, I think. But then I think there's gonna be this group that just fully disconnects in that, and they're just totally fine geeking out on a seam. You know, yeah, I think that well, that's always been the case. What about lithium ion technology in boats? <laughs> God, kill me. That's that's what I'm gonna start slashing tires. Yeah, totally getting all getting all. Uh, I'm telling amazing. you guys, I'm not. I'm telling you. I mean, the e-bike thing. Three or four years ago, when I started talking about e-bikes, people were like, "Whatever, e-bikes, this, you know, blah 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 blah." I'm telling you, there could be no, some. No, you were saying about e bikes. The problem with that is it's a wheel. The e bike's a wheel, man. That's like, you know, the kayak. Like, when you said lithium ion, I was like, heated paddle? Like, you know? Like, <laughs> Dude, I'm you talking mean? about like some kind of like propulsion device in your OG that. You could engage so you when you needed to, like, you know, <laughs> right. it, it could like, it could like boost you up to like, you know, ten miles an hour over the course of like, you know, a thirty-second like period, and it was just like shh, engaged right below your ass. You just pulled it in, pulled it out. It was like a molded-in thing, or it just makes your little light run down to like twenty minutes. Yeah, 
Well, like, be a sister. Just, that's just, like, just for me, envision that's, that's it. That's what I need on the Indus, man. That's what I need on the Indus. Yeah. You're still like a chicken, up chicken up Just trying to rudder yeah. as you go down. <laughs> this motorboat into those holes, man. I'm just I, saying, I'm just, just like, think about getting like, a roost yeah. off of a wave in a kayak like that. Yeah. You know, it's not a jet ski, yeah. but it's got some of that in it. The thing I, I'm just whinging because I think you're right. Like I think you're probably right. Like it's gonna fucking come. Oh, it's gonna be it's so gonna be, sick. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna add man. that That's class. Really I'm adding that class next year to the green race. The ESS class. I'm moving class. to Canada. It's, it's just <laughs> class. It doesn't really. I mean, you could do the pools, those little pools, which I think. Now you you got to run whitewater with the ESS, right? That's where it really shines. Yeah, exactly. Like it's. I'm telling you, I have a. I may patent this shit. Like you land just, like halfway down the second drop at S turn, <laughs> you yeah. know. <laughs> the, the sexy part of kayaking for me right now is like using the river to like to give you energy, you know. And that's what the new new designs are doing better than ever. Is like you can read the river differently, and you can like Pop you know once you're and, once you're into yeah. one of those seizes or something. Yeah, you tapping into these seams and curlers, and the river is like giving you these like micro, like energy boosts, and like that for me is I'm kayaking downstream on any river now. That's like every move I'm looking for is one of those moves. I'm just yeah. looking for like the that energy is... that the river can just, and that's where that's... like whitewater for me is like. No, that's, you're right. You're right. That's like that exactly how I describe the walk of boats. Like when I talk to guys who are like kind of getting back into the sport or been paddling older boats, and I'm like, you know, like when we were younger or like racing, it's like you're looking at the river and you're looking at the things that are going to slow you down and trying to avoid them. Yeah. And like in these new boats, it's like you're just looking for the things that are going to speed you up and trying to hit them. You know, it's just like how do you come out of that drop with speed? How do you bounce off that curler? It's like all these little features that like generate speed. Yeah. And it's almost like when you're playing like Mario Kart or something, and For you like sure. run yeah. over the little thing that like gives you a boost. Yeah. And, and like it's funny, <laughs> when I when I go to Chile and I have to use a different boat if there's not a boat available. I remember using a Nomad one day on the Puesco, like an old Nomad, which for a long time was like the gold standard of creek boats. And it's still a great boat, but every time I would try to go for one of those new school like curler moves i i would land on it and it would just feel like mush i would ah, just like i, know I would exactly just sink into about. it you know and you get no speed out you come out just fine you're boofing just fine but you don't have that dynamic like that speed which i think i mean all the new boats are doing it you know they're all turning into this planing hole flat you know and that's what gives you that like boom that was the big thing I noticed about – I haven't paddled a steez, but that was the big thing I noticed about jumping in the rewind and getting out of the brap was just that hit that seam or hit that curler and just be able to bank an edge, and you're just – Yeah, and you're just, yeah, accelerating. That's the, that's the best, man. And that's why, like, uh, if you have a battery and you have, like, some other alternative energy source, it just loses the magic for me. Like, I have – I'm not into engines. I'm not into motors. I'm not into that stuff. Like it's the same reason why I, I would never get like a power paramotor, like the big fan on it. It's like the cool part about paragliding is that you're tapping into like this natural force that only works on a certain day, you know. And it's like it's like this black magic that's just rising from the earth, and you you find it. It's invisible. You find it, and then you use it, you know. And that's what I like in kayaking now for me same deal it's like somebody sees this raging river and they're just like they see complete chaos 
and like you see this like magic little sequence of things you can do to make like this amazing feeling line happen you know and that's i hear you and i agree with you but (laughs) the points where you can add like traction like you get that you know like a jet ski cavitation but no bites and whatever and you're like looking for features where you can get the bites and i mean i don't you know whatever i'm just at that point, you don't need whitewater, though. You could do that on flat water, dude. No, it's like you... the guys on snowmobiles that are just brapping fields of powder, carving on a field. And they're like, it's the most amazing feeling ever. I'm like, well, you're just on this giant fucking machine, like, <laughs> bouncing around this field. You know, it's like snow cones, you know, because they're just like, oh, oh. And I'm like, what happened to that sexiness of just, like, just, like, that floaty pow feeling of skiing, you know? And all the homies are getting these snowmobiles. And they're forgetting about skiing because it takes more energy. It takes more time. Kind of goes back to being like a purist, you know? Like, who's going to be the one that just like bolts El Cap and puts a fucking E-winch on that thing? And it's like, oh, let's go climb El Cap. That'll be me, man. Just fucking running, keeping up with the wind. All right, moving on. So it's squirt boating. It's a boat that can do it all and e-technology. That's what we've said so far. Um, what else have we got on here? Okay, here's one. Let's throw this over to Lewis. Um, what's the next mission going to be? You know, so we went Stikine for Well, you know, California, Stikine, BC, Quebec, Indus. What's What's the next spot? Cool. I think we should kick this one to Evan. I got a good one. Yeah. Well, torn gats, baby. Torn gats don't have. Come on, I see some pictures. You don't think they got the water? I don't think they have the watershed, like the volume. I see some pictures that are pretty fucking spicy. Dang. Torn gats. That's where, where, like, uh, Stukesbury did that one trip with Benny and and Pedro. Northern Quebec. What did they say about it? Well, they, had, like they a, did one like, river, like, and it was sick. It was, like, this open tundra, like, mm. 20-fall sequence that took them, like, a few days to run all these big waterfalls. And it, it looked really sick, for sure. But it's it a mountain range that goes, sort of runs south to north. That's off the mainland. It's on the mainland across from Newfoundland, basically. Yeah, that's where they were, for sure. It looks, yeah, that place is epic, definitely. I think yeah. weather is really hard to hit. Like, they were trying to fly into stuff. They couldn't fly. There's yeah. too much weather and wind, so they ended yeah. up paddling for like many, many fucking days to get to this one river. Classic, yeah. very, you know, just amazing, just above, it's above the norm. But the river looked good. Whitewater was good. I, I think it's all Asia, man. Either northern South America or Asia. Like, like Colombia, I don't know I, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think Venezuela. I mean, imagine all the stuff there that hasn't been done and can't be done right now like the one that lane took um stukesbury and jules to it's on the border it literally is on the border the takeout is like the border of colombia and venezuela and that river just like had it just looked so classy and so beautiful and like just had the right ingredients for a perfect expedition you know and i was thinking i was looking at maps and i was just like well there's just like a bunch more of those fucking things just in Venezuela. Huge plateau. Um, huge plateau. I'm just, for me, the jungles, like, 
I I lean more towards Asia. I'm not I'm not made for the jungle. I'm like too just pale and like soft for the jungle. I feel like I could deal with cold and and like rugged kind of windy terrain, but like the jungle, moist bugs, snakes, fucking parasites. No, that's not my style, man. Leeches. and i have a lot of respect for those dudes down there who are doing it but it ain't gonna be me that's for sure when do you think we're gonna start seeing glacial retreat and big bedrock rapids and things like that that get exposed that people like greenland happening happening. (laughs) (laughs) like the top of clendenning there was that shot of noria running that you know Mm -hmm. big beautiful slide into Clendenning Lake that had never been there before. I, I looked at that shot and I pulled out my pictures from going to Clendenning and like, I don't know if I would have been 2008 or 2009. Yeah. And I mean, that thing's pulled back like a mile. I Jeez. mean, it was all the way down to the lake when we were there. God. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what Boomer was doing up in like the Arctic circle this year in Greenland and stuff. He was doing some other Boomer like things and, I think they got into some shit, you know. But yeah, those places, like, I'm sure Greenland had some big. I'm, Canada's got a lot left, you know. Like when I did uh, the Hamasco the other year and I cruised past the trifluence there in Mosley and I was like thinking about your guys' trip on Mosley and I was like, fuck, nobody's been back in that area. I mean, I guess they're, they're, they're chipping off one coastal run a year mm-hmm. now, like uh, Sandy and and the BC crew, but there's so much out there. So much, so much fucking water out there and so, so little access, you know? There ain't no COVID out there. And there is, <laughs> no, there's just spirit bears, <laughs> just big-ass white bears out there. Um, all right, well, how about, all right, well, I'm going to throw this one over to you. How will the business landscape change? What companies will rise to the top? What will maybe lose some of their footing? How do you see that plan out? Well, let me, Evan, how'd your old man do this year, business-wise? Oh, so good, man. So good. Right? Yeah, it's the best year ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of retailers. There's a lot of retailers who got hammered. And I'm talking about paddle sports and outdoor retailers in general yeah. got hammered this year. But there is a lot who had their best year ever. And yeah. these are guys who have been in business 20, 30-plus years. Yeah. So, but the problem is now I was just home and I was talking with him and he's saying there is a huge shortage of like ability to pre-order for this next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you make stuff in Asia, you know, you got, you have a serious supply chain problem. Yeah. Right. Totally. And I think that's like, you know, a majority of stuff is happening like that, but hopefully, I mean, I mean, nobody could have seen it, you know, hindsight, yeah. fuck, you know, but and everybody well, saw this shit and they just put their tail between their legs and were like, all right, hopefully we survive this. And then all of a sudden the outdoors became cool, you know, it became cool to be outside again and then everything sold, you know? Yeah. Well, what, what's the story? Is it like, what, what is the cause of all this supply chain disruptions? Is it like facilities in Asia that just can't manufacture full capacity because of people being sick or because it's two things one it's one what is the uh is the factory shut down for months at a time this spring um a lot of asia's you know in much better shape than we are right now so that's that is improving but 
you know, all these manufacturers are ordering two, three, four times as much goods as they've ever ordered before. Got it. Right. So, I mean, these people are slammed, you know? Um, so it's, it, I think, I mean, I think in general, I think I'm hoping, you know, that, you know, when I grew up in the seventies and eighties, we just had a different, uh, Americans had a different relationship with the outdoors, right? Like families just canoed and hiked and fished and deliverance was a big movie. And these things were just part of like the American activity. It wasn't like extreme or anything like that. They just did stuff in the outdoors. And we all thought it, that was gone forever. It could be that we re-entering that era again in America where people just have a different relationship towards outdoors. They're certainly invested in it this year, right? Yeah. I mean, your typical American bot, way, way more hiking and camping and fishing and paddling gear than they ever have. And it could be that we're re-entering a golden era of paddle sports, right? And if people make money, it's good for everybody. and It's good for retailers. I mean, manufacturers 10, 15 years ago, as the internet started to take off and retailers began to downscale their paddle sports industries, manufacturers were like, fuck it, we're just going to, we're going to stick our hand in the honey pot and sell direct and it's going to be the answer to all our problems. But it's not. It's a lot of work. It has not been that profitable for most manufacturers to really push direct sales. And it turns out, Retail, the retail experience is the best way to buy a piece of outdoor gear, right? If you can go and try a couple different boats, try a couple different dry suits, try a couple of spray skirts and pick the one that's right for you, have a good staff there, that's the best way to buy this stuff, right? And if there's money in it, and if we can charge more for kayaks, like I've been talking about for years, and retailers can make a, you know, 40% margin or more on a kayak, it's going to be a much different, much better landscape for our industry. It's going to look a lot more like the bike industry. You know? Yeah. So would you say the most successful companies in the coming year are going to be the ones who can actually build their products and get them out on time? Well, the ones that survive, like we had a tumultuous couple of years, right? So it looks like Stolquist is no longer making dry wear. Um, I think, and I don't know this to be 100% sure, but I've heard enough. I'm pretty sure it's true. Like Snapdragon's no longer making spray skirts. Uh, Sweet, obviously not making dry wear. Yep. Um, I'm going to bet that Dagger is going to be downsizing their paddle sports industries. You know what I mean? Uh, or Whitewater, I'm sorry, Whitewater brand. Um, I think the ones that are left, we're in good, we're in good shape. We're, I think we're right size now for the, for the size of the, the market. Right. Um, totally. It's just, it's just now that the, 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 I think the, the challenge for us is going to be on the supply side, right. Is to make sure that we're forecasting enough and blocking production time in our factories two years or 18 months ahead of time to make the stuff for, for these stores that need it so badly and our customers that need it so badly. And so it's really going to be a matter of supply chain management, you know, just staying on top of that. And, and to be fair, once again, you know, if retailers are active in this, in this process where they're writing pre meaningful pre-seasons and really working with the manufacturers to predict how much stuff they're going to need for the upcoming year, that's, that's going to be the way this battle is going to be won. So Evan, can you get boats? Yeah. So um, you, you can put it in an order and the boys. Yeah, the boys I think I'm first first up for this. Um, we got some. Wait, what? When are you guys gonna put this episode out? Tomorrow. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm first in line for the next order, and they're, yeah, we're able to make them. Um, and they're made in the Drago Dragorossi. It's called Eurotank. It's just it's a big plastic factory, you know. And it's so located just, in Italy, Milan. Yeah. yeah. Are they, I mean, they must be under serious constraints right now with COVID for sure. But they were like one of the first places to get it. 
and get it bad. And um, it seems like they got their shit together. You know, this guy who runs the factory, his name's Diego. I talk to him quite frequently, and like he's optimistic for sure. So, sick. Yeah. Well, I, I saw you tempted to, to break some news there, man. Should we should we twist your arm a little bit? Yeah, we have we have some new boats coming out. We have some new boats coming out, and then I'm like, okay, I try to get myself to the front of that line, you know, because there's other people that want them. Obviously, there's other other countries and distributors that want them, but I got a good got? relationship with old Kenny. What do you what, got? New boats? What do you got? What's, what's it gonna look like? Is <laughs> this gonna be your eight foot do it all, or is this coming out? Yeah. We need names, we need sizes, yeah. and we need colors. It's a C1, isn't it? <laughs> Squirt boat. <laughs> <laughs> comes with a wooden paddle um, no, I can't man I can't it's part of my uh, I wish I could if it was like, nah it was on my shit dude I'm, okay. a, I'm just a salesman over here okay. dude you still you know, have steezes left I do have some steezes yep yeah I got, little, I got some OGs I got some steezes and, and that's it for now yep and I, I guess I should say this um, they will not be replacing OG or Steez. They are different boats than those. So, hmm. let the imagination run wild. Maybe we'll talk off the off the air. So yeah. OG and Steez plan accordingly. OG and Steez are staying in the lineup. So this is a new category for Waka. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, size category. Yeah, a little mixture of both. Um, I, it looks really good, man. Really good, and I've like I'm so I'm just like totally. I mean, let's knock on wood here, but I'm just so impressed with that dude's ability to. Who, Kenny? To work, yeah, to work, and how he does it. He's like I don't. He's like a bad fucking scientist over there, dude. He just does his thing in his garage at the putting of the Kaituna, and like I don't hear from him for like a month, and then all of a sudden it's just like this shit comes my way, and I'm like oh this looks interesting and then i try it and i'm like oh it's amazing you know and it doesn't make sense to me because i'm like why is nobody else doing that like the ingredients are there man just put them in the fucking bowl and bake it you know it's like they're like boats from the future man i mean it's like how long did it take how long was the tuna out before we like figured out how good it was and like yeah. it's like almost you have to like learn how to paddle it in a new way or like think about it a new way and it's like yeah. some of the boats it's like you almost don't even like them when they come out and then you gotta like see like and you all make it sing or something and then you're like oh i see now that was how my i was that way with the steez i like i liked totally. it immediately i was just like fuck i couldn't get it to do its thing and it just took me like a month and then i was like holy crap it was just like this key you know and um i personally like the puffy one more um, it, just, it doesn't load up as much and it just allows me to do those snappy moves better so I like that and that's like my style like I said I'm not one of those people I don't like small boats so I don't know if my idea of that like one boat do it all is going to work for me but for the future for like the generation that is coming next I feel like that's going to be their their ship you know well, well I agree with pretty much everything you said there in the comments but I will say one thing I feel like this Pelican acquisition for Dagger is a good thing. I'm seeing more energy in that crew than I've seen in probably two or three years. In what crew? In just the Dagger crew. Just like the people who are working on designs and whatever. It's like they're kind of excited again. And you talk about like right-sizing the business. I feel like 
this acquisition allowed them to like cut some fat and they've kind of right-sized their whitewater division a little bit. We'll yeah, see is Snowy still designing boats for him or do they have a new, no, he's, someone new? He's there. He's still working on it. And it seems to be going well. They got some They got some buns in the oven over there. I've seen some protos hanging around. I mean, my opinion of Dagger is, is based on Snowy. Like, I feel like Snowy is the one that's driving that, that design ship. One thing, one thing I didn't say when we were talking about like the manufacturing and the and the boom of outdoor sales, like in the bike world, they flooded the freaking market with so many bikes this year. Like, that's ten times more bikes than have ever been on the market before, going into people's hands that maybe aren't sure about it. So there are going to be more used bikes on the market. They don't go out as fast as a kayak does. So do you think biking will see like a drop because you don't do you buy a bike every year? I bike every couple of years. Yeah, I feel like there were. And then what happens to the guard of these metal frames that don't go bad? You know, pink bike. I don't know, dude. I just think that <laughs> I think that yeah, everything yeah. that has to do with going outside, from buying climbing shoes to biking to kayaking to whatever, is going to ride this wave for the next four or five years until. Yeah. Dude, I know it doesn't seem going like it's to going. Concerts through. comes back, or uh, something, you know. I was I was optimistic, and it doesn't seem like my optimism's gonna play out with this whole fucking quarantiny COVID shit. I feel like we're just getting into it again. You know? But are you guys? Are you guys ready for? Imagine a world where kayaking is five times bigger than it is right now. So you have five times as many people in the little white as you have right now. Take your peanut no, butter I, jar. I, yeah. Is that, is that, yeah, I mean, be shitting that, peanut that would be, that would be great for the business side of things, but well, from the personal experience, are you guys ready for that? No, it's, no. Ex, it's existential suicide. It's like, but it could school. happen, right? It's just like, I mean, that's what we all want. That's what, that's what's going to keep us. You know, you want these 20 pound indestructible plastic boats that's what's going to take i'd rather paddle my my og in perpetuity by myself (laughs) uh that's when it yeah you're gonna have to move like to somewhere else you know because yeah there's 10 people yeah terrace cochran yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, what if what if like what if the little white was had like 150 people like it looked like the upper yacht on a Saturday? I mean, it's unsustainable just because of the place that it's in. Like upper yacht has that giant new parking lot. Well, it hasn't always been that way, and there was oh, a, yeah. there was a lot of gunslinging around in the early days about people putting on that river. Okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, AW finally had to step in and build that parking lot up there. And. Dude, it's yeah. I mean, it's selfish for us to be like nobody else should come to the Little White because it's the greatest thing ever. But it also is like it'll lose some of its soul. Like I think that's like how every amazing place has been. Like Yosemite, it's like I mean, I guess it contains some of its original soul because it's a national fucking park and they won't let people stay in there and just you know rat out the place, but. Like all the cool hot spots that were once like secret and amazing are blown out, you know, or getting that way. And the coronavirus made it freaking worse, man. We were going up to the CISPIS this year and any cool place that was out out and about, like it was full. 
it was full. You did not have the same vibe that you're out there, you know? There were people everywhere, people that, that didn't belong there, you know? And it just, it took the experience down a few notches, for sure. The summer was hard to, even bringing the wife out to get just out in the country, out in the boonies, and yeah, it wasn't the same. It wasn't as nice, for sure. Yeah, that's so. going to be, that's going to be the yin to the yang of all this, balancing that out. <clears throat> um. All right, Lewis, let's turn this over to you. What are going to be the biggest environmental policy wins and losses for 2021? Man, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just going to be the new administration. Like, we just, there's so much that, that you know, President-elect Biden can do unilaterally to, you know, set these public lands agencies back on the right track, right? I mean, it's like the last four years have been about, you know, this energy dominance agenda at the Department of Interior where it's about just, you know, leasing off public lands for oil and gas development as rapidly as possible, about, you know, rolling back regulation. And, you know, there's just so much that the Biden administration is going to be able to do, you know, starting immediately to rectify all that. So, I mean, that's just, just undoing the damage of the last four years is going to be huge. And I think, you know, having an administration that's ready to take climate change seriously is, you know, that's going to be, you know, I don't know if it's going to be enough with a divided Congress because, you know, I mean, I guess to get to the flip side of this, what are the biggest losses? I mean, I think the biggest loss is just going to be, going to be, time you know as long as there's um you know as long as mitch mcconnell is running the senate you know there's not going to be serious climate change legislation and you know if we lose four years you know another four years in taking serious action on climate change i mean every minute pretty much counts at this point it's like you know things are are, are turning rapidly but you know there's a lot that that Biden will be able to do on his own. I hope that he's, you know, serious and aggressive about it. I mean, I think it's been cool that if, you know, consistently talked about four things they want to do, like, you know, deal with COVID, deal with the economic fallout of COVID, racial justice and climate. And like, those are the four things. And I think it's cool that they're talking about, you know, economic recovery from quote COVID in the context of addressing climate, like recognizing that those things are intertwined and that having, you know, a big, big uh government spending component all of this is like you know there's an opportunity to put people to work in a way that's meaningful for addressing climate change so i think you know i guess that's not like a super concrete answer but i think just uh undoing damage and taking climate change seriously are going to be the big the big wins huh. it's weird to just i mean i guess we're so out amongst it and just have been doing this for so long and seeing glaciers go away and you're just like, Oh, climate's changing. You know, that used to be different. It's crazy. I mean, it's yeah, like, I mean, you're not just meant don't to believe like, that. Things are meant to, it's like this stuff meant to change over the course of like geological time. Right. It's like, there's meant to be changes that play out over like 10,000 years, not 10 years. You know, it's like, you're not, I'm not supposed to be able to look back and be like, Oh yeah, we used to get a lot more rain here back in the day. Like that's crazy. Look, look, <laughs> yeah. at, look at your plant, bro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> plant. It's so I much symbolic. Plant. That plant is so <laughs> symbolic to everything Hood River at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> um, let me see. Let's see. All right. We, we, we got a few more minutes here. We got to – okay, so uh, which one of our – what do we got there? There's some rain coming. There's some rain coming. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, rain. Yeah, we got like an inch and a half coming tonight. So I know. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> if it rained once like that, like it rained when I was in D.C., if it rained one time like that, the little white would be like, come back. Dude, it's you know? been raining like that for three years. I'm not kidding. <sighs> three years. I, I mean, I know the, I know the switch is gonna flip at some point. I don't even. When we left West it. Virginia, we were like, we have to get out of the rain. We <laughs> just wanted it. We just wanted seriously like a week without rain in our lives. That's how. That's how it was. How it was when we left. You got well, it. Well, bring it out. Welcome. Let's talk. COVID, let's talk COVID here. Let's make some COVID guesses. Um, oh, here we go. How do the four of us? Uh, who's gonna? I, all right, let's just throw this one out there. Who's going to get the vaccine? Oh, totally. Not me. <laughs> what? Dude, I'm with nice. Evan. I'm not getting – I mean, I may I may after like a Bunch year. Bunch of flat earthers, man. I'll like they say, the earth is curved. Kiss, but I'll French that. kiss a woman with coronavirus before I get that coronavirus. Oh, you are fucking nuts. <laughs> dude, I'm, dude, I'm with Evan here. There's some like serious – I mean, this has never been done before. This is this is like yeah, it's this is. I believe in science too. I believe in science. Like I'm a such I'm I'm a science believer, but I don't think that vaccinating me for this virus is the right answer. I agree with you 100. (laughs) percent Shoot me up with all of it. Oh my god. Uh, We gotta edit this out. You guys are gonna be seriously. Hey, let the let the hate mail roll in. Camera factor. Yeah. It's not the hate mail. It's just like we have to get some percentage of this country vaccinated. Yeah, there will be. And there will be. Like right here, we got 50-50 split, you know? Exactly. That's not enough. Yeah, there'll be more. I think there'll be more than more than enough. There has that, never that, been an mRNA vaccine. They, the injection is going to be self-replicating mRNA that is going to go in your cells. This has never been right. done. Never all been right, done. Shit is, creepy. shit is creepy. It's like, genetically modified it, it's, yeah, no, it's creepy. It's creepy. I don't if you think about it, all it's yeah. not like an inoculated <laughs> virus or something to create some response. This is like gene therapy and a needle. <laughs> you look a lot like Trump when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right. I feel like we're about done. The only way they're going to get me anywhere close to that fuck thinking about that needle is if they tell me I can't travel without it. That, that's coming. That. That's coming down the pipe. Punch dude. you down with like a, like a rhino dart and shoot you in the ass as you're running <laughs> yeah. down the road. Okay. Ace Ventura style. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to, well, are you going to take your kids to go get it? Hell yeah. I, I, I will do whatever uh, the medical experts say, not, not Dr. Grace and, and Dr. Garcia over here. <laughs> I know, but don't you think that there's just some fucking twisty stuff going on in there? I don't know, man. I'm just saying, anything you know, in life, anything in life, anything in life, when you make something completely new that's never been done before, and then you try to manufacture it and scale it up to billions of people and whatever, weird shit happens. It doesn't matter what shot. it is. How bad can it be? Oh, and dude, I mean, okay, no, that that's too dark. I can't go there. I can't go there. Okay. 
let's not get political with Evan Garcia. I'm probably the least um, educated and least. Um, <laughs> nobody you. should take my advice. There we go. That's I all I'm from, saying. <laughs> I think from the gut. I think from the gut, and I think like, dude. Yeah, straight up. Give me coronavirus before I take that shot for sure. Yeah. What do you guys think on 5G, right? No, 5G is fine, fine, dude. I'm fine with 5G. No, no, no. Dude, 5G is out there everywhere. I'm not worried about coronavirus. You should worry like, start wrapping your testicles in tinfoil or something oh to keep God. 5G out of the body. It's different. One of them is a radio different. signal. One of them is self-replicating genes they're putting in your body. I mean, come on. It's self-replicating. It gets in there, and it's like, oh, let's make some more. I'm like, that's just a weird... Can we move on? This is the most absurd discussion we've ever had in the Hammer Factor. Dude, you guys got to get Pat on, man. Come on, dude. Dude, you guys would rise the charts, dude, the charts. You guys would start to see that shit, man. <laughs> but you can't, you can't, the, the, the thing about a, a good host or hosts, you got to be like Joe Rogan. You got to be able to fucking bounce on that, that scale of like, Hey. Just, you, you have to come with your opinion. You have to come with your side, but you can't overpower, man. That's the problem with America right now. There's just too much of that, like, I'm not getting the vaccination. Oh, but but we are. You're a dumbass for not getting it. I'm not calling you a dumbass. We, we just got that, Evan. We just got that. We just got that. Yeah. Like I said the day, I, what Isaac Asimov said, basically, the tragic flaw of democracy, I'm paraphrasing, is that that – that people are under the impression that their ignorance is every bit as good as your knowledge, right? Yeah. And the fact is, is people out there have a tremendous amount of knowledge about this stuff. And as people have no knowledge about this stuff, they're like, well, I don't give a fuck what the knowledge says. I have my opinion. And that's all that matters. Look, right? Oh, Look, let me just. Power and the power is money and the money is fucking corrupt, man. Yeah. All right. Let me just, let me just okay. say this. Let that's me just say this. It. One last statement Done. before we move on to this. Great. Okay. So by the time, <laughs> by the time I'm going to be able to get this vaccine, cold and flu season is going to be over. So I'm just going to let it see what happens all summer long and whatever. And if it looks good going into well, cold you won't have, you won't, season You're so next low year. on the line. You're not going to get a vaccine until the midsummer anyway. So. Yeah. I just may wait till. Got strong lungs, dude. Grace runs those big marathony things. Yeah, dude, your lungs is iron. Anyway, it's not what happens to Grace; it's what happens to the fifty people around him that he infects. <laughs> it's the fucking emergency room. Anyway, moving on. Come on. Yeah. You know, I know on. that is a black. That is a black pit right there. Oh, God. That is a dark place. Where do we just go? I'm gonna blame that on. <laughs> Evan, that's your that you brought that to the show, Evan. Not me. I know. Not me. So back back a little way. And... <laughs> right. Oh man, I feel like we're about to the end of our list. Does anybody want any other topics or any other predictions? I mean, I can dig into my crystal ball and tell you anything you need to know. Is that plant gonna come back to life behind Lewis? Somebody water that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, how are how are all of these these boat companies from overseas like you guys and and Spade and Zet and who am I missing? Um, all these these exactly. up and coming brands. How are they gonna How are they going to make impact in the U.S. market? Like, what's this? What's the strategy sales wise? Retailers, no retailers. Your model. Like, what's the advice out there? Um, I have no idea what the longs are doing with Zet. I think they're doing kind of direct st sales like I am. Um, I, Kaleva, 
out in DC, they just got a whole container and they sold to some re- um, retail stores. They sold to like Ace um, and a few different spots. So, and that's up to them. Like for sure, there's I, no margin. I, that's a favorite. I mean, that's just a favorite. Yeah. Ace is just getting some the eye thing. candy there. And Kaleva as well. They're like they're a big company. They have so much going on. I was just out there. They've got this <laughs> know, incredible farm. Nuts. They've got all this <laughs> shit happening. So I think for them, it's like it's kind of a status thing as well. You know, they're like. They want to be a, a player in that, and they want to have, you know, it brings some traction, and it brings people in, it, like, gets their name out, which is fine. They don't need to make money, you know. For me, it's, like, my bread and butter, like, every dollar counts. It's, like, you know, f- from the moment I started selling walkers, pretty much I stopped trying to make money being a professional kayaker, you know, because that was hard, and it was that, – that that's kind of not even happening anymore for, for maybe – anybody but 20 people out there so for me it's important to to make money and to do things the way they've been and i can always be better you know i i i drop the ball sometimes and it definitely i need to i need to keep getting at my at my job sorry for anybody listening i'm disappointed i don't beat you i'm a one-man show i i try my best i try to keep it real i i try to take all the money that i make to and just but see, this is what, what Whitewater needs. But Waka, but Waka doesn't have a growth strategy, though. You know what I mean? Their growth in America is going to be pinned to your interest in going yeah. kiting one day. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you keep you keep the people stoked. You keep you know, like I need to be happy. I'm not going to be happy by going to do the middle white salmon every day. Like I need to go out and get that class five sky crack addiction. You know, I need to tap into that. And yeah, like, we'll have days in the summer where it's fully class five plus. I'm flying for seven hours here. And if I was still a kayaker, I'd be like complaining about doing the middle white salmon, you know? <laughs> um, so that, that, and that keeps me happy. And then after a month of only kayaking four times, I'm like, fuck, I need to go kayaking, you know? And like, the biggest thing for me is if I'm going to always, if I'm going to do this kayak thing and I'm going to sell kayaks and I'm, I'm going to keep that as a, integral part of my life you know I feel like for me as soon as kayaking if it ever slides off my radar if I'm just like not doing it anymore I don't feel like my job at Waka will be I don't feel like it'll work anymore like I feel like me being tied to the whitewater community and scene and that passion and love like that's the only way for me that selling Waka but get work. back to my original question: Like, how's Waka going to sell five thousand units in the U.S. a year? I mean, yeah, no, for sure. They could right now. I mean, they, I think they probably could if they. Yeah, maybe. You never know, though. It's like we've talked about trying to bring a bunch of kayaks in and do these tours and stuff. But like, that's the thing: you get in deep water, you fucking, you oversaturate the market. You start to have more overhead. You start to be a little bit more strung out on your production and your inventory. And it's like, I just think that right now we have something going and it's working. It's working for the company. It's working for me. You know, the players in the company are being taken care of. And it's not, we're not feeling stretched out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And I think that that's the problem with Dagger with the big brands that were like, we have our own factory, you know, we have our own plastic molding factory. And it's like, fuck, well, that's a huge thing. You need to take care of all those employees. You need to like, and then imagine coronavirus hits and you're, you know, all of a sudden you're fucking closed, you know, like for us, 
shit didn't really change. You know, we're such a small little company. My life didn't change that much. I'm a hermit, dude. I fucking spend all my, you know, you're seeing it, dude. I'm here <laughs> in the house, in my office. This is like my house. This is, this is everything. And I go kayaking with like the same four people, five people all the time. You know, like my life didn't change that much. And I'm super lucky to say that. And um, I guess it's just fucking dumb luck with the industry. You know, people bought kayaks this year. And yeah, grateful for that, man. When you have some get kids, that's Evan's advice, I guess. Yeah, don't get greedy. It's like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a balance. There's a line. It's like you go too big. You try to go too big. Oh, I could make more. You could make more money. There could be more growth. But then that, that, that adds up and you know it's not only the workload it's like it just adds up on everybody and i think that's where you're gonna make money you know that's where you're gonna like you know i'm not trying to make buckets of money i'm trying to like save some money live good eat organic food basically have enough money to go kayaking pay my rent eat organic food put a little money in the bank that's it for right now if i want to be a rich man i ain't you gotta get into oil in or finance or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Start hustling. <laughs> Wait, we got we got a little off topic there. Sorry about that, guys. It's all right, Evan. We may have to bring you back, dude. I like where you're going. We've got the same yeah. opinion on some things here. I need somebody to balance me out here with these two two guys. <laughs> Smart people over here. I was thinking they're right. Exactly. Their <laughs> their books and things and uh, knowledge. It's been like that for like seventy six episodes of the Hammer Factor, Evan. You have no idea what I've been living through. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to your favorite part of the show. This is where your hosts go on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave about something they're all fired up about or something they're poo pooing. Um. Who would like to start with a rant or a rave? This has kind of put you on the spot, Evan. So let's go ahead and throw it right to you. Would you like to rant or rave about anything? Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to rave about, yeah, just like the good vibes that I had out on the East Coast, man. It was so, it was so nice. It was refreshing to just be around a new community, new rivers, young like youth in the sport. It was just refreshing, man. And it got me so fired up. And it's funny because, like, I'll take some time off of Whitewater, but I just have that burning fucking love for it. And, like, when I got around those young kids, like, it just came out. You know, I just, like, was so in love with kayaking out there. And it was, like, coming. The kids saw it. They were like, dude, how is this guy so fucking fired up on kayaking? Like, Jeremy Nash. He asked me, like, dude, how have you not burned out? And I'm like, I have no idea, man. Like, but this, what you guys are doing out here, like this is how I haven't burned out. Cause I've seen like more kids come. I've seen people go, you know, like I remember like an old LVM, you were like the gangster, the watcher, you know, like the Dr. Dre song. And that was like, I was kind of thinking about those, like I've seen him come, I watched him go. And like, that's how I kind of felt out there. And it was cool. I just like, it was all love, dude. It was, it was good, good energy. Sick. I love that. Lewis, well, so thank you, everyone. Yeah, dude, we loved having you. You know how excited it was when you sent me that email and you were coming out. You said, "Man, thanks for putting this on. We needed this shit." Like I was like, "Fucking thank God somebody recognizes what's going on." You know? Oh yeah, that felt good. Yeah. 
Sweet. All right, I'm gonna rave. Also, um, hmm. I know Evan was uh was was slagging on the on the low water middles, not without cause. But I'm gonna rave about this uh this workout we've been doing. I've heard. That's what I was talking is, about. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, dude. Dude, so, I'm gonna get this back, going here. Back, I love this. So back when we were we were kids in DC, we would do this workout in the canal with uh with Andy Bridge, with like lead this charge. And it was like, I don't know, like a 25-minute section or something. And every week you'd seed it in the like exact timed order reversed that you finished the time of the week before. So like if Evan beat me by 15 seconds last week, he starts 15 seconds behind me this week. And so you're, the basically the goal is you set up like the mass finish. So everybody starts spaced out. And so we're shooting for like the mass finish at Hewsome. Like everybody like taking strokes off each other's chest when we like come over Hewsome. Yes. after like 35 minutes of grinding and it's like it's so motivating you know just yeah. like trying to run down the person in front of you knowing that there's somebody right in your heels or right behind you who's like theoretically gonna get you right at the end and it's like it's good man it makes you go hard i'm into it does it not hurt your freaking shoulders to paddle <laughs> like that i mean a little bit but Dude, I just have, like, a different experience <laughs> than you. I'm, like, always in between some fucking nagging, like, pain. And, like, if I pull as hard as I can on my blades for 30 minutes, like, that's just injury around the corner. <laughs> I need to keep these things ready for some waterfall. Dude, you're on the, you're on the, on the Trump exercise train. It's, like, every every bit of energy you expend is... is a little bit yeah. off of your life just off, just <laughs> off the couch god that's how you I'm need to get some it. like uh like bungees or something i do i do bun every day every freaking day but it doesn't it doesn't change like if i go out and slam a middle as hard as i can go like my left shoulder is going to be in you, you know what you need you need to go that bow flex with rob fuselli out in their backyard <laughs> oh doubt rob is <laughs> oh he looks like he could play for the steelers right now dude dude <laughs> I'm going to rave, and this goes into a 2021 prediction that I didn't get to in the predictions part, but I'm just going to rave about racing, like kayak racing. I think it's going to be more of a thing moving into future years, and, you know, you kind of, all the races, not just green races, it's a shred fest. You just go, and you just shred as hard as you can, and then you just lay down your time, and you just have stories and friendships and bonds, and racing is closest thing to going on like mission and expedition that I've done in Whitewater um, to be in kind of in that in that pure part of the sport so I'm going to just rave about racing and then I got to rant real quick I know there's a lot of people outdoors and I've ranted about this several times but the littering has got to stop like you talked about Evan going up and you're like who are these people they don't belong here like at some point those people need to get assimilated and understand what's going on I don't know how you do that but the litter is just like blowing me the fuck up right blowing me up right now that's my raving rant I'm going to rave about the right side the right line of the spout which I ran for the first time because we used to run the spout on the left, which was the fucking ass beater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'd try uh, and boof left. We'd boof. Le- that was just the line you did. Cause you thought you'd think if you went right, you're going to like, there be dragons, you know, you're just fucking going to get break your legs, or your back or something. Cause it kind of lands on, looks like it lands on rocks. And so sometime in my absence, people started running the right side of the spout 
And so we were over there and what a game changer, such a good line. And I think back to the years I spent running the left line, right? Geltman, have you run the oh, right? Dude. I'm just waiting for you to pause so I can jump in here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a completely different rapid. It was just, it was, it was very cool. I mean, when we were kids growing up, we all had creases in our boats yeah. right behind the cockpit, exactly. tagging our tagging our stern on the rock behind the curtain on the left. Exactly. I had a I had a Hydra and, Mustang that was seriously like this, oh <laughs> like a yeah. twelve foot plastic boat that was bent up at a right angle. It hurts your back so bad, and it also, you know, that left line, like the water level range, is like way yeah. tighter. Like it only yeah. works for like you know like a three or four tenths water yeah. range, and like you know the right side works from super low. To so like Richter, yeah, it's total game changer. Yeah, that's sick, dude. DC has a bunch of really good paddlers. If you watch those kids coming up, they're fucking good. The slalom influence there is unmistakable too. We paddled yeah. there in Man when we were out there. Mm-hmm. Fucking good. It just yeah. reminds you how good you can be in whitewater if you come from a slalom yeah. background. All those was... young, all those young guys, man. There were kids that like, yeah, they just get dropped off or they just do sessions there. It's a lot of work. You have to like hike every time. They're like fat. They're like ninjas on the slippery rocks, and they're just <laughs> lapping it. And there was like a lot of skill there too. That was, and you could see like being a kid growing up there, and you could get like dropped off at Great Falls by your parents oh, and like fucking lap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I was on that train. And then it's sure, like <laughs> you're like 15 running Great Falls, and there's like 150 people watching you cheering. Yeah, totally. you're, <laughs> you're like you're god. You know. All right, boys. I think that's about wrap. Episode seventy-eight. We're looking at three hours and twenty-something minutes total for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) this will be cut into a couple parts. You got your money. You got your money's worth on this one. (laughs) There we go. Um, All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you, Evan. Time. I can talk shit forever, especially about Whitewater. <laughs> oh, dude, you're we higher. Conspira- we, never got to, we didn't get to the conspiracy theories either. That was what I was really looking forward to. That's next oh, episode, that, dude. Keep it up. We're scratching at that. It was getting a little dark there. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely getting ready to get thrown under the bus, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, 78 out. <laughs>